0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Just a few things, really two things that I need to say this morning, and the first is, welcome home. Yeah, Our tidying and our sprucing up is not completely finished yet. There's still some finishing touches to be completed. But now, for the first time in a handful of years, St. Charles is able to say that we have a permanent home. Not perhaps the one that we anticipated or the one that we expected, but the one that God intended all along. There is so much... I want to say to you about this place so much that I want to share. But receiving the gift of a permanent home also means we have been given the gift of time. Time to know and to love this place on its own terms. Time to open ourselves to see the ways that God will call us to worship and service here. Time to let things lie for a season and see what will spring up unexpectedly. Now, this home will bring out all kinds of feelings in all of us. Some of us look around this morning and all we see is possibility. Things to do, people to meet, opportunities for service and ministry, and new connections for the sake of the gospel. You might look around at our new space and more broadly at our new neighborhood and see fields ready to be harvested. And if you see this place in that way, this might be a very exciting time. But it may also quickly lead to exhaustion. (laughs) If we run out to do everything all at once, there are so many possibilities. And so I encourage you today to be patient, to enjoy, even for just a moment, the provision of this place. ...before rushing out to find the next project or ministry you can help with. Because God has given us the gift of all the time we need for all of that. Now others may see challenges, imperfections, maybe even flaws. And if you see this place in that way, you might already be working on a list of projects. Areas that can be improved or pet peeves that you wish could be addressed immediately you are already sizing up solutions. And as I have mentioned, there is still work that needs to be done. And I encourage you to be patient as well to celebrate this gracious gift of God before starting the next list of what needs more attention. To enjoy what we have in this moment before launching into the next upgrade that needs to be done. Because there is time for all of that too. Because this is home now, we have all the time we need to make improvements and changes, to do new ministry and make new connections. I've told you before that the word we have to keep in mind in this season is flexibility. We need to remain flexible and also practice grace with one another. This move to this place is as big a change as has ever happened In the life of our congregation. And so I ask you to speak kindly to one another. To treat one another with grace and to know that your priest and your lay leaders are listening to the Lord in all that we do. There will be tweaks in the weeks and months to come. And I hope that you will take them in stride and with an open mind. Because all of these changes, big and small, are for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. So there are two things. If the first is welcome home, the second is look what God did. And that's what we're here to celebrate this morning. We are, of course, here as a church because God calls us together by the power of the Holy Spirit to celebrate what has been done on our behalf. Starting with the creation of the universe itself leading up to this moment today. Look what God did. I had a professor in seminary who was a little pedantic. <laughs> to be fair, most professors are. But she was an English woman, and so was perhaps more fond of pedantry than most. And she was fond of reminding her students that in American prayer books, the priest who leads worship and who presides at the table is commonly referred to as the celebrant. But this is of course a theological error because when God's people are gathered together we are all properly celebrating and the priest is merely leading the celebrations today most of all we are all celebrants marking this incredible thing that God has done on our behalf like Joseph in the reading from Genesis we are witnesses that God can do incredible things no matter what anyone else might have intended. You remember Joseph's story. He was a little too enamored with himself, a little too quick to tell his brothers about his dreams and how special he was compared to them in his dreams. He was a little too fond of his spectacular many-colored coat. And so his brothers began to resent him. And they schemed against him and dramatically overreacted by selling him into slavery in Egypt. That was actually the second solution. Initially, they were just going to leave him in a hole in the desert. Selling him into slavery was their second best idea. But they had no intention at all of ever seeing Joseph again. They intended to not hear his boasting anymore. They were all too happy to be rid of him. But God has a funny way of working out the miraculous even when we think it's been made impossible. And while his brothers thought they had dealt with Joseph in the most effective way that they could stomach, Joseph went down to Egypt as a slave, but rose to become one of the most important people in the whole country. He was a friend of Pharaoh and lord of his household. And so when Joseph's brothers and their families were starving... And desperate enough to beg for help from the Egyptians, Joseph was in a position to do more than just give them a little food. He was able to save Jacob's whole line, to preserve Israel's family by relocating them into Egypt for a long season until the time of the Exodus, when God called Moses to lead the children of Israel back home to the promised land. God can do the incredible even when we have no idea of how it might be done. When we have no plan for how he might save us, even then God is able to act. It was not his brothers who exiled Joseph to Egypt, but God. And it was not Joseph's abilities that led him to rise to the top in Pharaoh's administration, but God. And it was not famine that brought his brothers to beg before him, but God. And it was not Joseph who preserved the faithful remnant of Israel, but God. So when we walk these halls and grounds... When we stand to sing our praises in this place or come to this table to receive the body and blood of Christ, we must also acknowledge that it was not our wisdom or strength or finances that acquired this building and made it into a new home for God's people, but God, God acted on our behalf, giving us this new home, making it possible for us to move into this new neighborhood. And he did it because there is a greater purpose at work in and through this church, than even you and I could ever fully understand. God is here with us, and he is the one calling us forward. Now, some hear that as good news, but others hear that as a word of caution, and both views are right. Because where God, the living God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is leading, nobody knows what might happen next. God is blessedly beyond our control. Joseph's brothers thought they knew what was going to happen. And what a happy surprise for them. It turned out to be that they were wrong. God is working to achieve his own purposes, even when we think we know exactly what those purposes ought to be. Which means that while you and I may think we know why God has given us this place, why God called us here, it is entirely possible that we are all in for some surprises. And that would be a wonderful thing, because divine surprises are better than human plans. We have done great work since finalizing the purchase of this building in December. And after all of the painting and the ripping out of carpet and work parties and packing boxes to make the move itself, it would be entirely natural for all of us to want to take a little step back to just enjoy the fruits of our labor. And we should. I hope that today you will join me in giving thanks for all of those who gave of their time and effort to make this possible and who were still working right up to yesterday afternoon to get all the details just right. There has been lots of hard work. And so we have all earned a little bit of rest. But God, in his perfect freedom, is not like us. Today does not mark the end of God's work, but the beginning. And we should take that deep breath today so that we can give our praise back to God for what only he could do on our behalf, to acknowledge that we have been gifted this home for a purpose. Not just to create a monument that celebrates our collective ego, but to make this place into a house of prayer for all nations. A lighthouse in a storm-tossed world, a training center for the youngest generation among us. A place where anyone of any faith or no faith at all can come and be served by God's people because of what God did for us. Because we had nothing. And God gave us everything. Now you may say to me that we did it with our sweat and our skill and our finance. But if that was all it took, this would have been done a long time ago. Because God was the one who had to move. And God in his wisdom was not impatient. When the time was right, God acted. And look what he did. So today, at least for today... Let us celebrate without reservation, without hesitation, without qualification. Let us celebrate with joy that God can do what seems to be impossible. There will be plenty of days when I will stand in this pulpit and call you to action for the sake of God's kingdom, to service for the sake of others. But on this day, I tell you that the holiest thing that we can do is celebrate the incredible gift that God has given us. And honor that gift by opening our hands just to receive it. We are not the heroes of this story. God is. And it's a story that we should be excited to share. So I want you to tell your children what God has done. Tell your friends and neighbors You don't have to dress this story up in fine religious language. You don't have to make it more amazing than it already is. You don't have to have all the right facts in the right order. The story is incredible enough on its own. Because God's people were looking for a home and he provided one. It's more than we could have hoped for and yet it is exactly what we need. It is not perfect, but it is good. It is not flawless, but it is beautiful. And in this place... God will continue to shape our church, to build a community of believers of all ages and stages of life, drawing them together and drawing them closer to his own heart, teaching us what it means to be one church family united under one common Lord. It is an incredible thing, and it is my hope that many, many people will come and be a part of what God is doing among us. When we trust in his faithful provision and when we follow where he leads, he is able to take even the smallest pieces that we bring to him. He gathers in the scant resources that we make available. He accepts our meager offerings and he does miraculous things. Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, but because God finds joy God finds life. God delights in giving good gifts. As Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. Because God is generous beyond what we deserve. Because it is in his very nature to give good gifts to ungrateful and unworthy people. Thanks be to God we have come a long way together to this place and to this morning. We didn't travel quite as far as Joseph's brothers and we're not quite as desperate as Jacob's sons were. Yet we have been gifted with this home because of what God has done for us. Thanks be to God, it is a marvelous and wonderful thing. And it is my honor and my joy to share this day with you. Amen.